Frailty is the topic of this MIMS Learning podcast. I'm Pat Anderson, editor of MIMS Learning. I'm delighted to introduce Dr Raj Thakkar, who's a GP in Woburn Green in Buckinghamshire, and he's also Clinical Commissioning Director for Planned Care for Buckinghamshire CCG. What is frailty? I think there's a varied understanding about what frailty is, and I'm really keen that we, as GPs, really take a proactive approach to frailty. But effectively, what frailty is, is an increased vulnerability to stressors. So if a patient who wasn't frail had a UTI, for example, then they'll be uncomfortable, they might go to the toilet more frequently, they'll have some antibiotics, and then they're fine. Whereas a frail patient doesn't have any resilience or has less resilience, and therefore what that means is they might become delirious, they might fall, they might end up in hospital. So it's a completely different physiology to a non-frail patient. How widespread is frailty? So the data suggests in the UK it's about 1.8 million people but it's, I think that's really hard to, to really get an accurate understanding. And with our ageing population, it could well be much higher than that. But they say 10% of people are over the age of 65 and between 25 and 50% of people over the age of 85. So, as I said, with the ageing population, it's, it's going to become more and more prevalent. And therefore, if we don't take a proactive approach to frailty, we are going to have a problem in the health economy. And as a GP, I suppose that you're, you're more likely to see at the frailer end of the spectrum. Absolutely. I mean, the, the, these people are going to require more healthcare resource. Um, they're not resilient, as we've talked about, and therefore they, they, they present with acute exacerbations, whether it's confusion, falls, so on. And, and so we are going to see these people. But we should also be thinking as GPs about identifying them more readily. So we might see a patient for another reason, but think about frailty and think about, are they frail? Look at the Rockwood score. So if you don't know what the Rockwood score is, I think you should Google it. It gives you a really nice clinical definition of, of what frailty is, or given that frailty is now in the GMS contract, Often GP systems now will help you identify those frail patients with the EFI score. Uh, and then you can start to think about frailty. Why is this patient frail? What can I do to make them more resilient? How can I put a care plan in place? What's important to this patient? Are they nearing the last year of life? What can we do to support them? All of those things we need to be thinking about uh, in terms of frailty in our general practice. So what sort of things do frail people tend to present with? So it's a, it's a wide variety of issues. Um, sometimes I, uh, they might present with fatigue, um, weight loss, infections, falls because of a multitude of issues. So they become sarcopenic. In other words, their muscle mass goes down, their muscle strength goes down. And that then might tip over into a fall, particularly if they're on multiple medications, for example, or if they have an infection like a chest infection or a UTI and so on. So those sorts of presentations are not uncommon. Also delirium. So Again, if, if, if a patient's put on a new medication or if they're constipated or if they're a new environment, they might become uh, delirious or obviously a, an infection of some form. And that should really also beg the question, does this patient have a dementia? So we need to think about dementia in the context of frailty. Uh, and also their disability. Sometimes they might present with more disabilities, the inability to manage their day-to-day -day life, things like incontinence, being able to dress oneself, being able to mobilise properly. So all of these sort of soft features of frailty are really important. I think I can picture in my mind a typical elderly patient who is quite thin, maybe a bit bent over and looks like they don't have a lot of stuffing to keep them going. Um, so what's happening with that patient in terms of their physiology? 
So it's quite a complex physiology in, in terms of frailty. So it's like paediatrics in a way. So children aren't mini adults. They've got their own kind of physiology. We need to think about frailty in the same way. So the brain is different. They've got more, more of a fragile cognition. Um, they've got altered steroid pathways. Their immune system is different. People who are frail tend to have a naturally more raised CRP, for example, than, than people who aren't frail. Their muscle mass is different. They get muscle atrophy and weakness, which is known as um, sarcopenia. Uh, and so there's lots of physiological mechanisms going on, therefore they can't metabolise drugs the same. And we also need to think about their comorbidity. So a lot of frail people will have other um, health problems, diabetes, heart disease and so on. So you can get frailty just because someone's entered that that phase of life and they become frail perhaps as a consequence of dementia for example or because they've got multiple comorbidities very complex very difficult to understand but the important thing is that we recognize someone is frail we recognize what needs they have in terms of their day-to-day -day living in terms of their mobility in terms of their cognition what's important for them and we also need to understand what what would we do if they tipped over in, 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 into a, a phase of not being able to cope. For example, if they had a urine infection, particularly if they live on their own, what can we put in place? What care plans are in place? So that proactive approach is really important for these frail patients. Otherwise, what happens is they end up on the floor, they're found on the floor, or they end up being taken to hospital, multiple admissions. And that doesn't do them any good, doesn't do their carers any good, it doesn't do the health economy any good. So I think for, for us as GPs, we really need to be thinking about frailty more proactively, and that's probably why it's in the GMS contract. Is it possible to prevent frailty? I think that's a really good question, and... There's lots of things we can put in place to to support people to, to reduce their chances of becoming frail. Things like uh, managing their comorbidities, identifying dementia earlier, exercise, all of those sorts of things. Good nutrition and really thinking about evidence-based medicine differently. So not being ageist, but of course, should we, we be putting 95-year-olds who are frail on statins? when the evidence base is a five-year time lag. Maybe we need to think about what are we doing as clinicians? Are we doing things for us? Are we treating our own anxieties or are we actually treating the patient? So there's things we can do perhaps to help stave the, uh, the march of dementia just in terms of good nutrition and exercise. But we need to also be thinking about if someone is frail, what can we do to, to put those safety nets in place? Should GPs be treating frailty like they do other conditions such as diabetes or COPD? I think frailty should be considered as a long-term condition in its own right. And in a sense, it's, it's a shame that we can't write frailty on a death certificate, for example, because it is a long-term condition. So I think there needs to be a lot of um, you know, change in terms of our legislation, in terms of our approach, in terms of our culture change, in terms of our attitude, in terms of how we manage these patients. Because a frail patient has different needs. We need to identify them. We need to manage them in a different way. We need to approach them in a different way. So I think they should be a long-term condition in their own right. I think we need to manage frail patients in the context of their other diseases. So we need to obviously not ignore the fact that they've got diabetes or COPD or heart failure but we need to manage those long-term conditions differently perhaps with that frail patient. And what about assessment? How should GPs go about assessing patients who are potentially frail? There is um, something called a CGA which is a comprehensive geriatric assessment and that's really useful. Now if that's done properly that will take a long time to do and I think um, our hospital colleagues often have more time to do this in, in terms of the geriatricians but the elements I think are really important and, th and there are things that we should be doing in primary care or we could be doing in primary care which will help 
of support our different approach now to frailty. And part of that does include managing the long-term conditions. How are we going to do that? What's the care planning? What does the patient want? What's important for the patient in terms of their diabetes or their heart failure and so on? Because it might be that they're not really fussed about their cholesterol. That might not be important to them. What might be important is actually their pain or their cognition, for example. So the long-term condition element is one element. Then the other bit is their, their emotional and their cognition in terms of their in terms of their emotional well-being. So do they have dementia? Do they have depression? Do they have anxiety? And I think that's a really important factor for the quality of life in these patients. And we know that if they're anxious or depressed, they're more likely to fall and so on. So I think managing that is a really important element. I think the other element is their environment and their nutrition. Is their house safe? Can they dress themselves properly? Do they have meals on wheels? What is it about their environment? Can they get help if they need it? Do they need to be in a different care facility? Can they manage at home? What's their safety netting? So I think their environment is the other element of the CGA of, of, of this geriatric assessment. And then the final bit is about mobility and continence, and I think the, their functional status, which is in a sense similar to their home environment, but they, can they function independently? If not, why not? What can we put in place? And all of those elements of long-term conditions and other, other comorbidities, their cognition and emotional well-being, their environment and their functional status, all of that can be put together in terms of their you know their care plan and therefore we you know within that care plan we can understand what's really important to that patient is it pain is it their quality of life is it their incontinence is it their dementia what's important to them what you know, can be put in place to make sure that they are safe and they feel empowered to take control of what's happening to them it sounds like the assessment process might be quite a lengthy one is it something gp has to do or can other members of the primary health care team get involved i'm really interested that frailty becomes everybody's business um, so it shouldn't be just the GP or just the hospital or just the community but it should be everybody working towards the needs of that patient and this is where your IT enablers come into play so we can share the care record and so on but I think everybody needs to be held to account everybody should own this problem with the patient at the centre of what we do. What would be one key step that you could take now to try and address frailty? a little more effectively in your practice? I would change the culture in my practice. I would get all of my clinicians to understand the issues about frailty, start to think differently, start to identify them and start to make plans accordingly. And within that, thinking about the last year of life and the last phases of life, the last thousand days, all of those keywords. But the, the, you know, the key issue is to get the doctors and the nurses to think differently about how they manage these patients. And actually, that could include the receptionists as well, because the receptionists, I think, can take a key role. So in my practice, we have one of our receptionists as our dementia leader, as our non-clinical dementia leader, and she's really embraced that. So I think getting the whole team to think about frailty differently would be the first step. Thank you very much, Dr Raj Thakkar, for coming in to talk to us today. Thanks very much.